Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the power of prayer as we pick up in Psalm chapter 109, verse 3. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. As you enter into the spiritual warfare and you do battle in the spirit through prayer, oh, the change that you can bring in the lives of people. Several years ago, there was a United States senator from Missouri, very popular senator. He had a very keen mind, and he was sitting in the Senate in Washington during a specially busy session. His wife was in a prayer group with some ladies in their home state in Missouri, And her husband, because of his popularity, was actually being considered as a possible candidate for the presidency of the United States. One day, she and a group of the ladies at the prayer meeting decided that they were going to band together to pray for her husband's salvation. A brilliant man, but he was an atheist. And so these ladies began every day at 10 o'clock. No matter what they were doing, they would stop and agree together in prayer that God would get hold of the heart of this lady's husband and bring him to Jesus Christ. Binding the work of the enemy that had blinded him was holding him captive. During the congressional recess, he came home. And on Sunday, as she got up to go to church, she was surprised that he also got up. And she said, well, where are you going today? He said, I'm going to church with you. And it rather surprised her, but she played it cool. (laughs) And that morning in the service, when the invitation was given, he went forward to publicly receive Jesus Christ. And, of course, she was absolutely ecstatic, as were all of the ladies that were in her prayer group (laughs) who had been praying for his salvation. Afterwards, she told him of this prayer pact that these ladies had made. He said, when did you start? And so she said, well, let's see. It was, you know, that... Tuesday afternoon, or Tuesday morning, and let's see, it was, you know, just before, um, and, you know, and she figured out the date, and she said, March the 12th, 10 o'clock, Tuesday morning. He pulled out his diary to that date, and with the time difference, he said, though I am sitting here in the Senate in his diary, And there's debate going on. Suddenly, I have become conscious of a great need in my life for God. Spirit force, the spirit power by which lives can be changed. 
I will give myself, the psalmist said, unto prayer. The wisest thing you can do. Now, I don't really believe that you should give yourself to prayer as the psalmist did. <laughs> For he, he says in verse 5, concerning the wicked and his enemies, they've rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Therefore, Lord, set a wicked man over him. Let Satan stand at his right hand. When he shall be judged, condemn him. And let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few and let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. Let his children continually be vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread also out of their desolate places. Let the extortioner catch all that he has and let the strangers spoil his labor. And let there be none to extend mercy unto him, neither let there be any favor for his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off and in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered with the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth, because that he remembered not to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and the needy man, that he might even slay the broken in heart. As he loved cursing, so let it come unto him. As he delighted not into a blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing like with a garment, so let it come into his bowels like water and like oil into his bones. Let it be unto him as a garment which covers him and for a girdle wherewith he is girded continually. Let this be the reward of my adversaries from the Lord and of them that speak evil against my soul. Boy, he's really out for blood. How far this is, of course, from the teachings of Jesus in the New Testament who said, bless those that curse you. Do good unto those that despitefully use you. But this is David, and this is what I feel many times <laughs> when someone's done me wrong. I, I feel, Lord... Give him one. <laughs> so though I can identify with the prayer, yet I realize that this is not the new nature in Christ of forgiveness. Realizing how much God has forgiven me, I also am to forgive. Now, let another take his office, verse 8. In this first chapter of the book of Acts, after Jesus had ascended into heaven and the disciples were meeting together in Jerusalem waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Peter said to them, you know, it's necessary that we get someone to take Judas's place, who by transgression fell. For he said, the scripture said, let another take his bishopric. 
And Peter is quoting this particular psalm, verse 8, let another take his office, and he applies it unto Judas Iscariot. And as you read David's vilification against this traitor, the man who lied against him and all, Satan standing at his right hand, condemned and all. There is a shadow of Judas behind it. Now, David prayed that for his enemies, but now he's praying for himself in verse 21, and he sure changes the tune. But for me, O God, the Lord, do for me for thy name's sake, because thy mercy is good. Deliver me. For I am poor and needy, my heart is wounded within me. I am gone like the shadow when it declineth, referring to the sundial. I am tossed up and down as a locust. My knees are weak through fasting, and my flesh faileth of fatness. I'm skinny and weak. I became also a reproach unto them. When they looked upon me, they shaked their heads. And if you go over there today, you'll see them when they're fighting with each other or talking with each other. They just shake their heads violently as they're yelling at one another. Help me, O Lord my God. O save me according to thy mercy, that they may know that this is thy hand, that thou, Lord, hast done it. Let them curse, but you bless. When they arise, let them be ashamed, but let your servant rejoice. Let my adversaries be clothed with shame and let them cover themselves with their own confusion as with a, ma a mantle. And I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise him among the multitude. For he shall stand at the right hand of the poor to save him from those that condemn his soul. Interesting psalm. Psalm 110. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. This immediately gives to us the indication that this is one of those messianic psalms or a psalm concerning the Messiah that has its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And this first verse of the psalm is quoted in Hebrews as referring to Jesus Christ, as the Lord said unto my Lord, or Yahweh said unto my Lord, Adonai, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Jesus is now sitting at the right hand of the Father in glory. And God is coming to judge the earth to put down all of the enemies of Jesus Christ, to bring all things in subjection unto him. And by the time the great tribulation is over, the nations will have been subdued and will be brought in subjection unto Jesus Christ who shall come to reign. But the Father said, or the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies, thy footstool. So the, the writer of the Hebrews said, 
God hath put all things in subjection unto him, but we do not yet see all things in subjection. It hasn't yet come, yet it shall, but we see Jesus. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord hath sworn, and he will not change. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, here in this prophetic psalm is an interesting little shot. It takes us immediately back to the time of Abraham, who when five kings had gotten together and came down and captured four cities and took slaves and the loot from Sodom. And Abraham heard of it and his nephew Lot was there in Sodom and so he gathered the servants of his own house armed them and they took out after this confederacy of kings. They caught up with them and Abraham and his servants destroyed them and got back Lot and all of the captives and all of the loot that these kings had taken. Now as Abraham with his servants who was coming back victorious, as they came near Jerusalem, the priest of the Most High God in Jerusalem came out to meet Abraham with bread and wine. And Abraham gave to him a tenth of all that he had, that is, of the spoils that he had taken. Abraham paid tithes unto him. The priest was named Melchizedek. He had a second name the king of peace. Now, Abraham, the father of the nation, Abraham, the father of the faithful, those who will believe, in paying tithes to Melchizedek and receiving from Melchizedek a blessing is showing that Melchizedek is actually one step above Abraham. For the lesser receives the blessing from the greater. And receiving the blessing from Melchizedek, the king of peace, and paying tithes unto him, he was doing homage unto Melchizedek, known as the priest of the Most High God. Now, Abraham had a son, Isaac, who had a son, Jacob, who had 12 sons, one named Levi, that was ordained by God to be the priestly tribe in Israel. And the family of Moses, Aaron, were chosen to be the high priest from the family of Aaron. Now, Jesus, when he came, became the great 
high priest unto God. For the duty of the priest was always twofold. The priest would appear before God for the people because the people themselves could not approach the holy righteous God. It was necessary that they come to the priest who was a mediator. And the priest would go to God for the people. And then, having gone to God for the people, he would come out to the people and speak to them for God. And so God said unto Aaron, And when you go forth and put my name upon the people, put my name on the people thus, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord cause his face to shine upon thee and give thee peace. So he represented God to the people, but he represented the people to God, so he was a mediator. Now, in the New Testament, we have a new mediator, not a son of Levi, but he became the great high priest who went before God to represent us and who comes to us to represent the Father. But a Jew would immediately object to Jesus receiving the title of the great high priest. For a Jew would say, how can Jesus be a great high priest when he comes from the tribe of Judah? The Bible doesn't say anything about Judah being the priesthood, but speaks of Levi and the priesthood in Levi. Therefore, how can Jesus be the high priest coming from the tribe of Judah? And this is how that difficulty is solved. Even in the scripture itself, even in prophecy, God threw this into the mind of the psalmist as he's writing this psalm. God threw it in in order that there might be the basis for the high priesthood of Jesus. For thou hast sworn and will not repent. I have sworn and not, will not repent, or the Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after not the Aaronic order or the Levitical order, but after the order of Melchizedek, an order of priesthood which actually precedes the order of Levi and is superior to the order of Levi in that the father of Levi paid tithes and did homage unto Melchizedek. So it is actually a superior order of priesthood, the priesthood of Melchizedek, to whom Abraham paid tithes and did homage. Therefore Christ, a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, there are certain Bible scholars that believe that Melchizedek was actually none other than Jesus Christ. In what is known as the theophany, the appearance of God, in the Old Testament. In the Gospel of John, Jesus is having sort of an argument with the Pharisees concerning Abraham. And Jesus is talking about his father being God. And they said, we have Abraham as our father. And Jesus said, if you had Abraham as your father, then you would believe in me. For Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And they said, come on, who are you trying to kid? You're not 50 years old. What do you mean Abraham saw you? 
Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. But scholars believe that the reference to Abraham seeing or rejoicing to see my day is a reference to Melchizedek when Abraham paid tithes unto him. So it is a very interesting verse that God has inserted here. We go back to Genesis, but we also go on to the book of Hebrews where this is used as the argument to the Jews to point out how that Christ can be our great high priest, not after the Levitical order, but after the order of Melchizedek, a different order of priesthood, and showing that God had declared it. The Lord had sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through the kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. Of course, this is talking now about the, the great judgment of God that is coming as he strikes through the kings in the day of his wrath. The day of God's wrath has come. Great tribulation. He will judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with dead bodies as the blood will flow to the horse's bridle throughout the whole valley of Megiddo. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study, the book of Psalms, on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, Simply order Psalm 109 through 110 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and watch over and keep you in the love of Jesus Christ. May you be strengthened by His Spirit in your inner man, and may you comprehend more and more what is the length and the depth and the height and the breadth of God's great love for you. And may you just bask in that love this week, and may He use you as His instrument to show His love to this needy world. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Lord, I believe in you. I'll always believe in you. It is by faith that you've been walking into one level of spiritual maturity to another. Faith is the key to a successful Christian life. And that is why the Word of God tells us 
Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It was faith that led Abraham into the land of promise. It was faith that led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. It was faith that enabled Peter to step out of the boat and to walk on water. The question is, what might faith do in you? To order a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, Faith, or to preview a chapter for free online, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673.